Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons with Pastor Farrell Wilson. Brother Wilson is the pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. The sermon you are about to hear can also be downloaded at www.grenadachurch.com. We know you are going to be blessed. Now, on to the message. John chapter 11, verse 38. Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, comes to the grave. It was a cave and stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinks, for he's been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto you that if you would be believe, you should see the glory of God. And they took away the stall from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I knew that you hear me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that you have sent me. And when he was thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, loose him and let him go. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this morning, God. We woke up today. We've had something to eat and a place to stay. So very thankful for your many blessings. Lord, you gave us a nice place here to come and worship you and, and speak the word of truth. We have the ability now to go out literally across the world. We're thankful for the people who are tuning in. And Father, we, we just thank you in all things, God, for all the blessings. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise for that. As we break the bread of life this morning. I pray your anointing would be up on it for the for me to be able to speak your word with truth and for the people to hear. And we ask it in Jesus' name and we say amen. I want to minister to you about standing in a miracle today. Jesus had been preaching in the villages beyond the Jordan River when he got word that Lazarus was sick. And he didn't leave immediately. He waited two days before he left because he knew something outstanding was about to happen. And many of us are familiar with this story of the resurrection of Lazarus. And, but there's much more to it than just the story of the resurrection. There's also the, the lesson to be learned in here about hearing from God and helping each other. Is there ever a time that we need to be helping each other more than ever? We, we should always be doing that. But we live in a time where people are becoming desperate for even things like food. We're not... We're starting to see that. We ran across somebody in our family. We did not know what they were facing. And my wife caught a, a little bit of what was going on in their life. And we don't have a whole lot, but we took half of what we had in our food or what, whatever my wife scrounged up and got in a box and carried it to them. And, I mean, we need to be helping people in ways like that, more so spiritually, because it's just a time that it's hard, hard things people are going through. So I hope today... I can show you some things about helping others around you, not just material things, but more certainly about spiritual things. And God calls to so much more than getting saved as Christians. Um, it seems like there's almost a pandemic of Christians getting saved and never doing nothing with their salvation. And God didn't call you to that. God called you to so much more than just getting saved and sitting on the pews. I'm glad you're here this morning. Uh, I'm, I'm thankful for the church, and that's a part of our Christian walk. But that's just not Christianity in a the whole. There's so much more to it. So let's look at the first part of it about hearing from Jesus. 
Now, in this miracle of Lazarus' resurrection, Jesus issued three commands. He said, one, in verse 39, I want you to take away the stone. Then he called Lazarus to come forth in verse 43, and he called him by name. Now, you've probably heard this over the years from many ministers, but I, I love the fact that he had to call him by name. Why? Because if he had said, just come forth, everybody in the graveyard would have had to stand up and come forth. So he calls him by name, Lazarus. And finally, Jesus told the people, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Now, if Jesus had the power to raise the dead, surely he had power supernaturally just to tell the stone just to roll away. Surely he had power to just say, grave clothes come off. I know he could have done it, but he didn't. He let other people participate in the miracle that's about to happen. Jesus wanted ordinary people to participate in his power. Don't ever lose sight of the fact that Christianity involves supernatural power working in this world. I don't mean that to sound spooky. I don't mean that to sound something to just grab your attention, but it's just fact. There is supernatural power in this gospel. It's way more than just, you know, you felt bad about sin. You ask God to forgive you, and then we tell people, welcome to the kingdom of God, and then they sit down on church pews and never do anything else. My friends, it's not just the pastor's job to participate in the gospel. It's just not the evangelist's job. It's the apostle, the prop, uh, prophets. It's everybody's job to participate in Christianity. You sitting there today. There's a place for you to participate in God's work on the supernatural level too. There was an atheist that lived in the vicinity of the great Baptist preacher Charles Spurgeon and he lived close to his home, and any time anybody went by this atheist, that he would say something ugly to him. And one morning, Spurgeon, in his morning Bible study, asked the Lord what he should read for his devotions. And then he, he seemed strongly impressed to go to the book of Joel, and he began to read the whole book of Joel, and he got to chapter 3. In verse 3 in chapter 3, a verse stood out. And it says in that verse, and sold a girl for wine. And for some reason, Spurgeon gets his concordance and he checks it and notices that the word girl only appears one time in the entirety of the Bible. He didn't brush it off, but the Lord had led him to that. He didn't know where it was going to lead him. Well, later on, he thought he would just take a walk. And a few blocks from his home, he ran across the home of this atheist he knew and he went up and knocked on the door, and that atheist growled at him, what do you want? And Spurgeon said, I'd like to come in and read the Bible to you. And the atheist began his usual diatribe of verbally abusing people, and then he looked at him and he said something awfully odd. He said, how often does the word girl appear in the Bible? Charles Spurgeon said, I know, one time. He said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll let you in my house if you can tell me where it appears. He said, Joel, chapter 3, and verse 3. And the atheist began to let him in the house. He said, I've got to know this before I let you in. How did you know that? How did you know that it was Joel, chapter 3, and verse 3? He said, not even two hours ago, God led that to me in a devotional. And Spurgeon went in, and within a half hour, he led that atheist to the Lord on his knees. 
and he was asking forgiveness of his sins. My friend, only God could do something like that. Amen? He was standing in a miracle, but God just didn't twist Spurgeon's arm. He didn't just say, well, here, go do it, and, and, and just it all fell in place. Spurgeon had to read. He had to be obedient. He had to take the walk. He had to knock on the door. He had to answer questions. He participated in that miracle. Amen? You're seeing one before you this morning. I had no ideas how we, we were going to get chairs. I, I had no clue. Because when I checked the price and got a quote on them, I just sat down and had to grab my breath. I thought I, I was developing asthma because the price was quite significant. By the way, if you want to, feel free to sit down on them. That's what they're there for. Test it out. We got 150 of them. They're all y'all's. We're going to... But I didn't have any idea how we were going to get them. And it was what, maybe about June, somebody called me and said, Brother Wilson, you still needing chairs? I said, absolutely. We have none. He said, well, how much money you got? What's your budget? And I said, zero. That's how much we have, nothing. And he said, well, I'll tell you what, I'm just going to give them to you if this all goes through. And it took me believing, praying to God. And me and my wife had to go all the way out to Texas to pick these things up. I thought I'd, I was dying. I thought I, I literally was going to die when we come through Beaumont, Texas. And if you'd have been in that U-Haul van with me, you'd, my wife was behind me and called me on the phone and said, I thought you was going to die. I said, I agree. They had taken all the lanes of traffic down to the little skinny lanes. Have you ever seen them before just so traffic could pass? Well, somebody got the bright idea and did this for 30 miles. And I was up beside these trucks. I'll tell you what I did. All I did is I, I pushed that accelerator all the way to the floor as fast as I could get through it. And I just looked down to the left, ignored everything around me, and said, God, you got this. I'm going to do my best, but there has to be divine intervention here. And all through that, I was standing in a miracle that went on for months. God didn't just supernaturally put them chairs up there. And I know that's not on the level of Lazarus, but look, my friends, every miracle that happens with God, there is usually somebody standing in that miracle, and they participate in it. You have to be a willing vessel. You have to first hear from God. Well, how do I hear from God? I don't know. It's not that easy. All I can tell you is just listen for that still small voice in you. Once in a while, God comes through in a major way. But most of the time, it's something like Spurgeon sitting there in the morning and something just comes over you. And read this verse here or go here and do this and follow that leading in your life. And you'll find yourself standing there participating in a miracle. Now, the people in our opening text that were standing in this miracle, they just had to get rid of some rocks and rags that were standing in their way. They, they did way more than just remove this stone and some gray clothes. They heard from Jesus. And when they heard, they helped Lazarus. My friends, we're coming in a day... Now, we believe, I think if I went to everybody here, even our visitors, I can just tell they're Christians. I just know. I can just tell. I, just, I, talked to, I didn't talk to them just a second. I, just, I kind of feel like they know Jesus. But I think if I went to every one of y'all and talked to you this morning, you would tell me it's the last days. You would think that, you know, we're, we're, things are winding down. I bet if I went and talked to an atheist, if I talked to anybody who wasn't a Christian, they may not be able to tell you some things we know as Christians, but they would tell you, yeah, 
it's pretty weird out there right now. Things are not like they used to be, and it doesn't seem like this world's going to hold on the direction we're headed. My, my friends, politicians are not the answer. They're not. And I know we've got to make a decision coming up November the 4th, but that's not the ultimate answer. Other people in your life are not the answer. That's not, I'm not saying they can't help you, but ultimately you need to hear from Jesus. Have we heard what God has commanded us to do? Now, I'm going to throw some verses at you pretty quickly here. and I hope you get the idea at the end of it after I read the last one, one of the major things he's called us to do. And it's easy that we preach the message of the cross here, and it's easy to hear it, but then it seems like not, just, not this church as a whole. I'm talking about the Christianity as a whole, that has the truth, that are preaching the truth, that, that know, knows what God's Word says. And they hear the message of the cross, but it seems like many just fold their arms and do nothing and just to hang out in God's kingdom. And Christianity is much more than that. What did God leave you here to do? Here's what he left you here to do. John 13 and 34, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I've loved you. Also love one another. Galatians 5 and 13, but brother, you've been called unto liberty. Only Use not liberty for the occasion to the flesh, meaning to yourself, but by love serve one another. Galatians 6 and 2, bear ye one another's burden, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Ephesians 4 32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. I, I'll say this about forgiveness the only when you hold something in and you can't forgive the only person you're damaging is yourself it's the only person you're damaging and I, i'd say that one of the biggest struggles we have in our christian walk is the ability to forgive and it's supernatural you know when you hear me stand up here and say things about supernatural things in christianity we get in our mind oh raising people from the dead that's true or casting out demons that's true or that supernatural financial miracle we need. That's true. But I think one of the biggest supernatural things that can happen in your life is being able to love people that have done you wrong. Being able to love those people that have caused you massive problems in your life. Being able to forgive somebody that you've had hatred for many years. Um, I'll tell this quick testimony. We had some people, they're no longer here. In fact, they're no longer, they went into eternity and they did some outlandish things to me and my wife. And I, and I was a minister here just starting out. And here I am, my first church, and the only church I've ever been at was, is here at the Lighthouse. But I went through ministry school and had all this zeal, ready to go do something for God. And then spiritually speaking, I had three or four people try to kick the legs out from up under me like that for no reason. We didn't understand it. My wife had told me, I told you what church was going to be. She'd been around it her whole life. Me, I'd never been around church. I didn't know. I, you know, I thought everybody loved everybody in church. That's what I thought. I thought, man, there's going to be brotherly love, boy. And I found out some people don't come to church for the right reason. Thank you for listening today. This radio station is listener supported, which means we rely on your donations to keep us on the air. We're a non-profit organization, so your donations are tax-deductible. We're on the air 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, playing Christian music and teaching programs. 
We have something for everyone. We're asking for your help today. We need your prayers and your financial support to stay on the air. Won't you please make a donation today? You can make a secure donation by going to our website at www.cross.radio. Thank you for your support and God bless you. Well, a long story short, they did all these nasty things. They even tried to get me out of ministry and get me to quit. And they, the Satan almost succeeded a few times. And through miracles, they just went about their way and I was left here me and my wife and just one or two people. Many years later, I was walking in Walmart and there was that lady. And I thought what I wanted to do was I'll dive on her. That were, you know, I know nobody else does that. You see this person in Walmart and you I'll dive and try to get away from them. That was the first thought to come to my mind. Holy Spirit overwhelmed me and said, no, you go face her. And I went up to her, and I, I told her, I said, I just want to tell you I love you. And I have no hard feelings. And she starts crying. And she says, I've got stage four cancer. I said, would it be all right with you if we pray together right now? And she started, she, I mean, tears were flowing. She said, yeah, I'd really appreciate it if you would. And I'm not saying I'm the greatest at this. I've got a lot to learn, but only the Holy Spirit could do that in me. Only God could teach me that. I could not do it. Pharaoh Wilson could not do that on his own. I had to have God to help me do that. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than himself. Pray for one another. You may be healed. I, I think in these last days, you're going to see supernatural miracles like never before. My wife was just healed of cancer. You know, you can say, well, well, I don't know, was it? Well, we had three doctors tell us this. And then the last one said, it's just gone. And told her, we can stick a needle in if you want to just to poke around. She said, no, thank you, and ran out the hospital. And I sat there and watched that with my own eyes. I, it terrified me. It's one thing to sit up here and talk about faith. Oh, you got stage four cancer and... Oh, brother, you're going to be all right. And it's another when you get told you have it. And your faith has to rise up and believe God. And I'm so proud of my dear wife. She had a couple of rough days, but still, I watched her. She just brushed it off said, it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. And I watched God heal her. And we're going to see more of that. Are you praying for people to be healed? Or are you just telling them to go to the doctor? I love doctors. Thank goodness we got them. But are you really praying for people to be healed in these last days? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Don't let the devil kid you and fool you into thinking that your prayer doesn't do anything. Your prayer, when it's by faith, shakes spiritual realms and God hears it. If you feel like maybe your prayer is hitting the ceiling and bouncing back down, my friends, if you're saved by the blood of Jesus and you're praying, you better know that you have an interceder between you and God and His name is Jesus Christ. He's interceding and praying. And whatever you ask here on earth, it will be done in heaven. And when I pray, I believe that. I absolutely believe that God will do something when I pray. If it lines up with His will, it's not prideful. Amen. 
Why wouldn't God do it? He's my father. And last but not least, use hospitality one another without grudging. Now, we heard God's word. We need to take the next step. We need to help each other. People want blessings. They want the things of God. One of the major things God has asked us to do is to help one another while we're here on this earth. You know, there are times we're afraid to drop our guard down and just admit we need others to help us. <laughs> uh, this is a great story. When I first got into ministry, these people, that they on Christmas, they got me a ham. The first Christmas we were here at the lighthouse. I didn't feel any need to take the ham. It, it, I wasn't being prideful. I just had, I had a lot, man. God had blessed me many times over. And I just told him, no, you take the ham. And I don't need it. Give it to somebody that needs it. About a week popped by, and I got a call from the district overseer to come to his office. I need to talk to you. A million things were going through my mind. I'm like, Lord, what have I done done now? I've done made somebody mad. What have I done? I've, I've been talking to people all week. I, I couldn't, I, I can't imagine what I've done. And I get over and I sit down in the office. He said, did they offer you a ham? <laughs> said, yes, sir. He said, why didn't you take the ham? I said, I didn't need it. He said, look, son, if you're going to be in ministry, if somebody's offering you something, well, better yet, if you're going to be a Christian, if somebody offers you something, just take the ham and go on about life. Just take it. And if you don't want it, bring it to me and I'll eat it. So when God's trying to give you something, you have to admit sometimes, hey, Lord, I just need help. When you need something and you've been praying about it, somebody shows up at your door, just take the ham. God's there to help. He's going to send people to help you. I know y'all have heard the story about the man that was in the flood and he was uh, he's seen on the news and it, there's a major flood coming to your area and you need to get out now. A man come knocking on his door from the civil service agent and said, hey, you need to get out, flood coming. He said, no, it's all right, God's got this. Well, sure enough, the flood waters came and got into his house and he had to go up on the top of the roof. And a boat come by and said, man, get in the boat. These floods are going to just keep rising. He said, I don't need help. God's got this. Flood waters kept rising. He had to jump onto a tree beside his house. And a helicopter come by and said, sir, let us get you out of here now. The flood waters are going to keep rising. He said, God has got this. He's going to protect me. Well, the tree snapped. He fell off in the water and he drowned and he died. He shows up in heaven and said, God, why didn't you protect me? He said, I sent people three times to you and tried to warn you and you wouldn't listen. I know that's just a little small story, but it's the truth. When God is sending things your way, take, with, take it when it comes. Now, as scary as it can be to let others help you, the thought of us helping others can be even more intimidating. Martha was worried that her brother's body was going to stink when they rolled that stone out the way. And sometimes we're worried we're going to create a stink when we help other people. There are people out there you need to be helping right now that are unsaved. 
And it may get a little messy at times. But you have to understand that they're not just spiritually sick. They're spiritually dead. And the Bible confirms what I'm telling you, that you are dead spiritually if you don't know Christ as your Savior. When a, a dead person doesn't respond to things like food and temperature and pain, they're dead. When a person is spiritually dead, they don't respond to the things of God. They had no interest in God. They had no interest in Bible. They had no interest in going to church until the Holy Spirit breathes life into that dead spirit. We have to get in there sometimes and roll the stone out of the way that are holding these people dead to what is on the inside. It's not easy helping dead people. Helping people can be risky sometimes, but my friends... It can be so very rewarding when that soul gives their heart and life to Christ. When Jesus told those people to remove that stone, he was teaching us how to help other people. The stone represents anything that stands in the way between a lost person and Jesus. The good news is we are led and empowered by the Holy Spirit, and you can remove those obstacles as the Lord leads you. And then last but not least, Jesus said, take off those grave clothes. And again, he was teaching about helping. And sometimes, well, not sometimes, most all the time, people enter God's kingdom with grave clothes on. They're all wrapped up in these bad habits and simple behaviors and painful memories. And sometimes even the grave clothes of religion. And Lazarus was bound by hand and foot, and he couldn't free himself. And... You know, the believer is not to be bound by the grave clothes, the old life. We should walk in freedom and newness of life. Uh, I, I know from my own experience, when you get saved and then there's still those bad habits people are hanging on to. There's still that alcohol. There's still that smoking. There's still that drugs. And, and, you're all, and you got saved. You truly love Christ. And you're like, Lord, how do I get rid of all these bad habits? I've been there. I know. I know what it's like to be saved and to struggle. And there's preachers out there that wouldn't agree with me on that. There's some out there that would say, oh, if you truly got saved, all those bad habits will fall off. And I say, that's hogwash. You hadn't read your Bible. Because I can show you time after time, people, the disciples that got saved, almost, well, several of them I can show you in Scripture, they were marked with mistakes after salvation and even after the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They were still marked with flaws and sin. And I would dare say it's not going to be much different with us today. We get saved and there, there, there's still things that are wrong in our life. Well, what's the answer? You know, to help people gently unwrap these grave clothes. One, you can't go in there and just expect somebody to change overnight. That doesn't happen. And if you think that's the way salvation happens... Get with me after church, and I'll, we'll sit down and study the Bible a little bit deeper. I don't mean that in no smart, eloquent way. I'm just being honest. If you think that, you're missing the message of the cross because the message of the cross says this, and I'll finish with this. The message of the cross is what radically changed my life. And I, I thought you had to really try hard. I, I thought you had to struggle. My wife's family is in a big brouhaha right now. Somebody in their family got involved with some church and they're telling them the women if they cut their hair they're going to hell and if they don't get baptized in water they're not saved. 
And I'm just looking at all that. That's going to help nobody. That's just going in, ripping the grave clothes off and expecting somebody that was dead on the inside to turn around immediately. Here's what it's going to take. That thing that saved you, your faith in Christ and what he accomplished for you at Calvary is the same thing that will change your life. If you'll have faith in that every single day of your life, slowly, day by day, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, the Holy Spirit will help you in your life. And you'll look one day and you'll look behind you and you'll see all those grave clothes laying somewhere. They'll be laid out behind you. That smoking will be gone. That drinking will be gone. Them drugs will be gone. Those bad friends will be back there. Oh, I made a social media post this week, and I had somebody get upset with me, sent me a little message, but it's all right. And you know what? If you're a Christian and you truly love Jesus Christ, you're going to leave them old friends in the past where they belong. You're going to have some new friends. Faith in Christ and what he's accomplished for you at Calvary radically changed your life. I, I, I'll tell this, and I, I, I promise I'll stop. When I got saved... I, I, I was still smoking. I was still drinking. And, and, but when I heard the message of the cross, it came to me over radio. And when I heard it, and I started reading one of these uh, expositor Bibles, and I started, in fact, I got started in Romans chapter 6. And then I went to 7 and chapter 8, and I understand that my faith in what Christ has accomplished for me is where God wants my faith. And I, then I understood in Romans chapter 7 that if I did anything else, I was committing spiritual adultery. I was telling God that Christ was not sufficient enough to cleanse me from all sin. And then I read in Romans chapter 8 the mechanics of the Holy Spirit, how He works. It's as simple as I can put it. When my faith is in what Christ has accomplished at Calvary, then the Holy Spirit can do a work in my life and is supernatural. And when I understood that one day, the light bulb just went off. And I said, wow, you mean to tell me that's all I got to do? I've been sitting here struggling and trying to work, and, and I was saved. I was going to church every Sunday. Glenn gets tickled this. I didn't know any better, but I was standing out in front of the church. I didn't, you know, I knew better than not to smoke inside the church, but I was standing out the front door smoking and blowing smoke in people's faces. <laughs> I didn't know any better, okay? And that, they were going, I was wondering why they was mad at me. I'm blowing smoke, you know, a big old cloud of smoke when they was going to the church. Love the Lord. I just couldn't get rid of it. And then when the light bulb went off and God showed me what I was doing wrong, and I said, God, if this thing is real, just take it from me. And, you know, he healed me that night, and I walked away, and I've never, ever Wanted to stick another cigarette in my mouth again. And it, did, it was nothing I've done. It was by the power of the Spirit. And take out cigarette and insert in there whatever is happening in your life. It, it could be a, a, a mean and one things that, you, that people have. Everybody has their own issue and things. Maybe it's gossiping. I don't know. And you, you just insert there instead of cigarettes, insert that gospel in there and say, God, if this thing is real, take this gospel from me. Or if it's lying, cheating, stealing, whatever it is, all sin is because of the sin nature inside of us. And it is dealt with one way and one way only. And that is by the blood of Jesus and the Holy Spirit can do a wonderful and powerful work in your life if you'll let him. And how much you can help others when you know that message. Just stand with me. We're so glad you joined us today. 
this is the place to come for the best in Christian music and sermons. We know that life can be tough, but we believe that God has a plan for each of us, and we want to help you find that plan. So please, stay tuned for more messages of hope and encouragement. Here at Power of the Cross Radio, we believe in the power of prayer. If you have a need, visit our prayer wall on the website at www.cross.radio. We also believe in the power of Christian music to touch hearts and change lives. So please keep listening. And if you know someone who might need a little encouragement, tell them about Power of the Cross Radio. We cover a wide mix of Christian music. Check the website schedule for more details. And if you have any questions, email us at info at cross.radio. You can also call us at 662-294-0608. Thank you for listening, and God bless. Power of the Cross Radio is a production of Cross Faith Ministries. You can visit their website at cfministry.com.